Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast of free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's episode, we have Big Bad George Byrne. You wanted to call him Georgie Porgy. I said, no, mate. We can't do that. I've definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I was going to say that, but this is one of those these chats that we have on the pod, and I liked it because it went out there. You know, oh, he was yeah. happy to discuss and go deep, and like talking to such a creative dude about creativity and the future of tech and how it impacts his work and his life and music. And he's he's someone that's like he's living such an interesting life, and I'm trying to like delve into like what makes you live a life like that. How do people live a life like an interesting life where people like. People die for a life like that. It's good, isn't it? And just his honesty and just the way he thinks about shit. I He's think it's a real gonna, dude, isn't he? It's going to blow your mind. We, we, we do have, we record this now straight after we have the chat. So we're obviously feeling very energized and like, up, like halfway through the chat, we're bumping each other on the legs saying, fuck me. I feel buzzed. Oh, man, I feel like I want to run through walls, but we should probably just shut up now and let the people listen. Enjoy. George, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Thanks for having me, guys. My name is George Byrne. I'm a photographic artist and I uh, live in Los Angeles at the moment for the past 12 years. I grew up in Sydney and Balmain, um, 46, and that's kind of it, yeah. Well, big thanks to David McLaughlin for setting this chat up, Sorbet Weather on Instagram, Mm. because... He put us onto your work, and honestly, I've been looking. I've sent it to a few friends as well, um, just to just to show off the amazing work that you do. And like, I don't know, it's just so different than a lot of others that I see. And like, just delving into obviously researching for this show and looking at um, some of the content and stuff that you've done. It's just, I think it's just a cool, interesting, unique take on like art and and pursuing a career doing what you love. Like I know we mentioned off air um, all the all the gold, really, didn't we, Rob? Uh, talking about like you know, in your, in your thirties or forties, changing, changing direction. Uh, can you yeah. delve into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of stumble on what I'm doing now, really. It was a pretty organic thing with, with the photography, with the type of photography I'm doing right now. But I guess, um, you know, I had a creative bent from pretty young, like early teens. I was sort of interested in that side of, things and that side of thinking um but as we were chatting i i didn't really figure it could be um a full-time thing until much later like i was working just um in pubs and construction and cafes and all that kind of work quite happily actually up until my 30s i really enjoyed um that work and i was doing creative stuff on the side i d- did a lot of music and um mucked around with painting and photography and whatever but it wasn't until I moved to LA in my sort of early 30s that I saw a bit of a path to do it in a more serious way. Um, and yeah, I guess I've, in terms of like direction and stuff, I, I, I've sort of swung around a little bit. Um, I was full time muso pretty much from my mid 20s to early 30s which you wouldn't have a clue. I mean, it was like a past life. I, I really was just touring and grinding and releasing records and, um, and I mean, had a great time, but I felt like towards the end of it, I'd been a bit dumped. Like I'd, I'd sort of been through the ringer and all the cliches of like dragged along from record label to record label and got so close to this and that and it, all that stuff. Um, and it is, it's a pretty, 
it's a pretty exhausting business. Um, so I was ready for a bit of a change at that point, and that also sort of coincided with wanting to try to move to the US. I didn't really have any means to go over, to come over here. I was sort of, had, you know, had some family and friends from a few trips here that I could catch up with, but it was more like very much like a one-way ticket, um, see what happens. I had very supportive parents and family, so I think that stuff made it a bit easier. They sort of fit you with lots of hot air that they think you can pull it off. So I was like, all right, um, yeah, and just went over and um, slowly pieced a life together in LA. It's funny, yeah, and bloody, you look up and 12 years have gone by, um, and here we are. Did you always know you were good at something, though? You know, like you mentioned having a career in music and now doing art, like you're obviously talented. No, it's not, it's not dispute. Like, did you, as a kid growing up, did you think that, like, was it something you just picked up? Like, I'm fucking pretty good at this, you know? Um, that's such a funny moment, isn't it? I'm back pretty good at this, like playing. Uh, we're not supposed to say that as Aussies, are we? It's a weird thing <laughs> when people say, oh, you're, you're good at this, and you go, nah, yeah, yeah I am. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so, keep leaning in that yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I reckon I, I was, I felt able at it. Like music and photography, both things, I did feel like, and look, most other things, not, but those two things I definitely did feel I had a head start for whatever reason. I just jump into it and I'm already, I, I did feel that, like I just had a natural sense of both those things, guitar playing and um, photography. Yeah. Um, just found them a little easier probably than the average in the beginning and that gets you going and then, it, you, you know, your little, your, your, small victories along the way and the validation you get from the people around you totally grease the wheels and you just get more and more, you know, it's, you just get a flow going. Um, it's one of these things like we're, we're all on the pod, we get a lot of people who have like unconventional pathways and we try and refer it back to like how something like an anchor that I understand, like come, growing up playing sports, it's like a very clear mm -hmm. pathway. Like in sports, you like, you go to this development program, whatever, next thing you know, yeah. if you get a contract, you're playing this thing, but in music and art, like you really have to forge your own pathway. We'd love to get into like you mentioned, like the touring, exhausting. How do you, how do you set something like that up? How do you take a, a know what the right risk was, or was there moments that you had to like fuck it? I have to do something like this to make it happen. Yeah, I have. I guess I've had an intuitive thing in me um, that just this drive. Like I just want to do it. Like I, I remember. Um, with music, uh, I did have a solid epiphany at the time that I decided to do it. I was in Spain. I was I was backpacking, and I was over there to take photos because I actually started out in my early twenties after university. I was like, I'm going to do fine art photography, and that's going to be my thing. And I, I had a couple of shows, and they went pretty well. But back then, you know, there's no social media, so it's just like you have your show, and then you go underground. That's what it was. You have your hang your fifteen works. And then just back under and pop up two years later with new photos. Go, <laughs> there's no way to stay sort of relevant, really. It's, it's a different life. There was no career there. It was more just something you did as well as what I was doing, which at the time I think was, yeah, it was like construction. Um, but which was okay, but I kind of just hit a wall with it. I was, wasn't enjoying it as much. And I kind of thought I could see my whole life ahead of like I, I think I'd got to hit some other stuff before I keep doing you do this forever and that was when music happened so yeah I did I was traveling through Spain and I was like 
I had a little dictaphone that I was doing diary entries in, and then I started singing instead of diary entries. And then um, <laughs> I was, I just was like, my camera broke. I had this big old Hasselblad thing, and it was, it's broke. And I'm like, oh, there's a sign. So I literally just left the camera, and I felt so free and light. And I just would have been 23 at the time. And then I, I actually bought a busker, an old nylon string. I bought a guitar off a busker, an old nylon string guitar off him for 30 euro, and travelled around with that, wrote some songs, and that was the beginning of that process. Um, I didn't really question it. I just sort of think, like, I don't know, I, I can do this, I want to have a go. Um, I don't. It's hard to sort of break down what it is that gives you that motivation and gives you that confidence to actually do it. Um, but I guess over the years of playing, um, I'd amassed some sort of level of confidence in myself and what I could do. And I just found it so exciting. I'm like trying the thought of doing it was just such a thrilling thing. Um, and the music, other people's music was my favorite thing in life. And just that, that, that magic feeling you get from music, uh, it just was, that was my drug at the time. And so it all felt good. I mean, it was, it was incredibly tough because it's just so hard to make any money in music, but it was worth it. And I had the energy at that, at, at that point to do it and not, you know, suffer and be depressed by the, how tough it was. But, um, and look, cutting forward to when I moved to LA and it was the same kind of thing. I just sort of, I like yeah, what gave me the confidence to start shooting LA. I was just, I had another sort of epiphany with the landscape here. I got here and I didn't know I would have that feeling. I looked at the place and I just remember getting the taxi from the airport. I was like, this place is fucking crazy and just visually fascinating off the bat. And that was, that was the seed to why I do anything else. Cause it's like, I want to just record that thing that I've seen. That was, that was the reason I did it. There was a compulsion that turned into, um, like you were saying with footy, it, my experience with photography and the success I've had in this particular field, which is way more than I ever had with music or anything else, was a bit like your footy career. And it was just like a succession of green lights that went through. And although there was no sort of infrastructure like footy of like juniors, the selection process, I guess that equivalent with what I was doing was the the planets aligning for me with social media. Like Instagram just came along. I came to LA. I had this epiphany relationship with the landscape here. And there's Instagram going, I'm ready for you. Like I'm this perfectly simple built app that's just for sharing photos. That was what it was back then. Just purely photos. And immediately, like I was saying, I knew, so I was, I'm decent at it. And I had the experience with square format already. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This, I knew straight away I'll be able to jump into this app and go, and it just happened very fast. And I was, I just got lucky with that timing. And then like you get featured on Instagram, suddenly you got 50,000 followers. And then it's like people asking me, can I buy a print? So I'm like, all right, that's what I'm doing. And that's it that simple. And then I was just like, it just kept going. And then I, um, so I was able to sort of revisit this fine art photography thing that I'd started in my early 20s and completely abandoned. I revisited at full steam in a different city under these different circumstances, and that's that's what happened. So I, I sort of had 10 years off and then came back and then just had this very lucky 
run of green lights, uh, these all these things aligning, um, and managed to build what I'm doing. So yeah, since that time, since like 2014, 15, I went from having no shows for 10 years to having four or five a year since for the last six, seven years. It's been a very um, interesting thing. Like you talk about pivoting like in life. Like I didn't see that coming and then just like bang. And then I was at an age where I was starting to feel the pinch a bit. I didn't have any money. I didn't really have any prospects. And I was like, hmm, you know, you see that thing open up at a certain point in your life, that moment where I saw the opportunity and I really did um, go at it pretty hard. And I thought, you know, this is a, this, these sorts of things don't come, allowed, come around often. And um, so I had the wherewithal to really, the laser in, I put everything, I, I, you know, I've been guilty of juggling lots of different things, I guess, up until that point in my life, I was interested in lots of things. So maybe my focus and attention and time was a little bit fragmented. So that was the major change I think I, I did with that second uh, bite at photography in my, once I got to LA was I really did uh, clear the deck, so to speak, and um, just work on it and work on it and, you know, then I started working in galleries, and so yeah, that's that's sort of how that happened in a nutshell. Is chasing landscapes like a drug for you? Where you're like, you mentioned you go to LA, and that's like a fresh epiphany. Like you just see this new thing, and like traveling and photography seems to go hand in hand with lots of people because they're just like new experiences, yeah. documenting that feeling. Is that something that you're constantly chasing, or is you sort mm. of just refined it into this this one city now? No, I I get it everywhere. I get it. It's just visual curiosity. I think photography is just a byproduct of visual curiosity and everyone's got it to some degree and now everyone's got a good camera. So it's like we're, we're all just swimming in it, right? It's Photography is just, I mean, having a moment really and now with AI it's having a whole other moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've just got that bug and I... Um, it's just the way I see things. Uh, if you got into my brain and looked at the way I see, it's just the constant. Sort of <laughs> I'm like looking at the angles. I'm always. I just happen to just see that stuff. So yeah, it is a pretty much an all day, every day thing. Um, and the hardest thing about, um, I think, for me, photography and arts in general one of the trickiest things is just converting this vast amount of ideas into one single thing so it's like this big giant swirling mass of endless ideas and then you have to somehow have the discipline to sort of laser in and and come up with 15 images for the walls of a gallery that's probably the hardest thing for me with the job um how do you know when and, they're done uh, because I feel like that's one of those things when you you are hearing to you hearing you talk and talk about what yeah. you do, like going through that creative process, bunch of ideas and trying to distill it down. But I'm sure mm -hmm. there's also a like, how do I when do I say stop on this one and move to the next one? Yeah, well, there's a saying, you know, a, a painting's never finished. It's just when the artist gets dragged away from it. That's kind of the the old saying with painting, and it's a bit the same with photography. You know, with the type of work that I'm doing anyway. Um, which which I manipulate, you know. I work on my images. I'm collaging and changing and da -da -da. so yeah. The the options that with the type of work I'm doing now are endless. Um, I will 
often see work that I've done the three years old that I exhibited that I'm like, oh, I should have done that. That sky's off. Why did I do that? I should have put a dirt. Da, da, da. But I'm still wanting to make changes with with all the work, a lot of the work just seems off. And I've, you know, with painters, some very famous painters would paint on their paintings when they're in the gallery. They'll come to the opening and then come back a week later and fix up the orange. You know, like that happens. And um so yeah, you just end up there's a deadline and that's it. You just deliver the stuff and you've just got to walk away from it. But sometimes it's tricky. There are other times when you know there's been a handful of images that I've worked on which I just think, oh, I know, that's it, done, perfect. But they're there, the minority, you know. Most of the work I could I could keep on tinkering with. <laughs> what about in your in your house? Do you have your, your own work everywhere or is it other people that inspire you? I've got um, two of my pieces in the house, like one black and white and a colour, and then um, I've had the good fortune of, like, collecting some friends' work over the years doing trades, which is one of the best things about working in this business is that you'll, you can trade art. So uh, I've got some really nice little oil paintings. Um, I've got more painting than I would photography in my place. Um, and um, I, I sort of feed a lot of painting to inspire my work as well. So I sort of see it as a bit of a melding of those two ideas. So, um but yeah, no, it's not an homage to my my work, my house. It could be. I could fill it. I could just make it a permanent exhibition and just have people come over. That George Locke would love that. Oh, I think Locke's got his crazy. own ideas. Yeah. If he was, if he actually me on the ball with the yeah, like he, he would love to yeah. surround <laughs> himself. That would be like his highlight. I reckon. I would, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Um. Well, sorry. We're saying. I was going to say, what about you? Like the ideation process. You mentioned we got taking inspiration. Like, do you have a notebook that you carry around? You mentioned the voice memos. Like, how do you keep track of all the things that you could do that come to you at the top? Um. Yeah, it's real. Just a shambles of of voice notes and handwritten notes, and like I'm looking at this um, whiteboard in front of me right now with just a hundred things stuck on it and a cork board over there. So yeah, it's pretty inexact science for me. Um, I, but yeah, I try to, I try to do that. I think, like I said, when I'm working with galleries and deadlines, they're the, the most strict thing that happened in my life is this is the date for the works that need to be ready. Like that's a non-negotiable. And I think if I didn't have that, I'd be fucked. Um <laughs> So yeah, that's how I sort of work. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. I wouldn't say I'm the most organised person, but um, that's the thing with photography that you take so many photos and you end up just like you're like a filing cabinet. You got it's just this sense of having to have some sort of organisation. I think is very important and um, really helpful for me, and I think for any artist, it's, it's being organised with your system, having some systems in place um, is super helpful. Um, but, and also, you know, I, I got lucky with the work I do is that it's, I found a kind of niche that is very specific and that's what I've been, again, like so talking about photography, I've been lasered in on this one thing that I've been exploring and, and refining and pushing and exploring, refining, pushing. That's, that's been the sort of the main thrust of my work. But on the side of that, I've also got hundred photos of flowers and a hundred photos of doors and a hundred photos of letterboxes. And 
you know, footpaths and everything else. Like I do have millions of other things that I just don't really do that much with because I, I don't have the bandwidth and I don't have the sort of time. So um, that's something I look forward to doing down the track is exploring other things and other mediums for sure. What about collaborating with others? So you've got your ideas on what you think, you know, in your head, you're like, that's cool. And then you add others <laughs> into the mix, making stuff, creating stuff with others. Is it a different process? How do you go about that? Yeah, I, I, I not, I'm not famously good at it. I've tried and I, I love it when I, I love working with other people, but in terms of making stuff from scratch, whether it be music or the photos that I'm working on, it's generally coming from me, you know, mostly, but, um, you know, you collaborate in all of these other areas, like with the galleries and with um, publicists and um, curators and, you know, all the other aspects of the, of the, um, of the game. There's lots of other sort of collaboration, but purely creatively, um, I haven't done too much. The, the one area that I have explored is in the digital collabs that I've done with animators. So this is a few years ago. Um, I started contacting the animators I was seeing on Instagram, which um, I don't know if you follow any of these people that they, they're sort of people that work in CGI, but have broken off and start doing creative things with the tools, which is really a new, like a five-year-old phenomenon. It used to be those people worked in movies and television and and advertising and then they and through one of the other great things about instagram it's just allowed people like that to go oh here's my little doodle from that week where i was making a marble roll down the stairs i've got suddenly there's a place to put all these little creative flexes and i started just following all these guys because i love that stuff i don't know what about you guys? But I'm so fascinated with. Oh, bro, we talk about that stuff all the time, don't yeah. we? Like mini animations, like cartoon animations, uh, like it's, it's building brands it. from that. Like, like yeah. that's crazy. You see like, people, like, they're yeah. so creative, and it's like it's not as like as polished as everything else. The, the mm. big budgets or whatever. But like, these people are putting this content out all the time. You're like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like they're making that. How skilled yeah. are they to do that. that? Yeah, yeah, and just the it goes back to Jurassic Park. Just the the time when suddenly we were rendering things that look real. I mean, that's a big thing. We've just forgotten about how that happened. Like that was only 20 years ago or whatever it was that, you know, suddenly we can render real looking objects on a computer and put them in shot. And I was like, it still blows my mind. So I started, I follow all those guys um, and started writing to them going, hey, I do this sort of deconstructed, reconstructed, photography based on uh, you know the urban spaces in LA would you be interested in animating my work and I got so many of them were just interested in playing you know like oh yeah send me the shot and I said great well I'll send it then we'll both post it and then we both move on and that was it there was no sort of thing it was, it was just like yeah great I had a few followers so maybe it's you know you get a bit of exposure both ways like you know I get to meet his their followers and he gets to meet mine so um that's been a, a fun form of collaboration that um when the, it's funny when the nft thing came along a couple of years ago actually it was like oh yeah i've got some of that ready to go so i put a few of those up in that nft space um for that brief window when it was happening right six months before it collapsed 
NFTs um, were wild for a period. Oh, they, like, that was all mm. everyone was talking about. Everyone was starting up all these new NFT. It was companies. crazy to me. There was like brand new like little collections of people selling things, but it was like you had to have oh, something. It's like AI now, though, you know. Well, you're into you're pretty deep. You love it. We both do, but you're well. I just couldn't believe it. Like the stuff that now, like something like a mid journey, and and how that affects someone like yourself, or how do you use tools uh, like that? Like how, how do you incorporate that? I am just scratching the surface. Yeah, I just got it like three days ago, four days ago. Um, I haven't slept. Have not slept. <laughs> I'm just like load, load, click, load, load, click. It's like the dopamine hit of this every time. I find it so wild. I'm, I'm sure it'll it'll just settle down and become a, a thing that we're used to, but... I can't help but think, yeah, we've gone through a gigantic shift, seismic shift in the way image making is perceived and created in the last six months. I mean, it's it's really big time. Um, how how anyone will use it is is up for grabs. I think I think it'll end up being uh, what? Sorry, but have you used it yet for your own? Yeah, work? yeah, we've we've what? we've used it a lot. We're same kind of thing as you. Like, you get the prompts, you get the different versions. You just re- redo this. Like the the thing that we're finding is it's like the prompts that you make it. So like you can get as creative as you want. So it's like yeah. how far can we push it? So that's what we're excited about. <laughs> I think it's you like know? the cool thing of the AI stuff and how we see it is at the moment is the most creative wins. So the person who can think of the most creative stuff in what you want the AI to do. You're going to yeah. get the best outcomes. If you keep asking it more and more stuff, I'm a bit the same. Even with the chat GPT, you ask it certain questions, you get prompts back in, in response in written form. But mid-journey and how they're going to – soon, though, I'm, I'm sure that within – like we talk about animation and stuff, it can't yeah. be that far away before you can be like type something in. You'll get a mid-journey image that you might be able to animate through some other fucking thing. And next yeah. thing you know, you're writing your own carto- cartoon shows like that. Yes. That seems like yeah. a year ago that would be out of the realm of possibility. And now it's like that could be like six months away. That's that stuff blows my brain. It's like so what, true. What is yeah, I, yeah, I will be able to like the 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 animation I got done a few years ago that took someone ten hours. I'm sure I'll be able to put that in as the reference and say, "Here's the new image, mimic that." That's Isn't I mean, that of course. How wild is that? Oh, it's just no. I I am deeply blown away. I'm I'm in shock actually since I've been using it. It's it's. There's been so many times where I just have to stand. I see the thing and I'm stand up and do a lap around the room, come back. I, I'm that blown away by the um, clarity and sharpness and accuracy. And um, yeah, I've been I've been playing around with it. It's the photos are I, I, how do, would I use it? I'm not too sure. Like I I'm still circling, still circling. Like it, it could it be a way of um, germinating ideas just could be giving me start points or images that I might work on or it could be yeah it's I don't know like it's it's funny like I could use it in a way potentially where I'm like this is an image of mine that I think points to a different direction um I take that and then I go what if I could see how um the effect of you know some painter from the sort of mid-60s work could influence the direction of this particular style of photography that I've been working on. And then I, that just gives me an immediate way of showing a path or an influence, saves me 100 hours of actually doing it physically 
and then I gives me a roadmap of what direction I could take it. Um, so I'm more into blending things as opposed to what sounds like you guys are doing that full on from scratch. Imagine throw in the things and then get. I haven't done that, and that that's not as interesting to me as trying to. Because, you know, a lot of my work is really just mashing stuff together. That's what I'm like operating as a simple AI already where I'm like taking everything I do and slowly starting to try and work out how I can smash it together and then repurpose it. And AI just does that on a profoundly bigger level, um, in a, you know, in a different way. Um, what about from yeah. like a purist, like artistic art form, like mm. lens versus like humans creating stuff versus computers creating stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, it potentially poses problems, um, but I, I, like you, think that it's going to end up being who drives it in the most interesting way um, because everyone's going to have the same tool. So I think we'll see a proliferation of stuff that's going to start to be, like, you know, in the beginning when we saw those AI images and it's like everyone was blown away and then you see your 100th one and you're like, okay, I get it. There's a look to that. It's a kind of generic, shiny, perf perfect thing, and you see, you see the patterns, and then they become less interesting. That's going to happen with everything, and it's going to be the people who spend the most time on it who's who are going to be the people making things that stand out. It, I just think the same. You know what I mean? Like we're all going to have yeah. the same tools, so therefore we're all going to suddenly be immersed in the same stuff. And I think it'll it will, as always, land back in the hands of the of the individual. Who's going to be bothered to spend the most time working out how to how to use it the most unique way? Um, I think that's what's going to happen. But it is going to change certain businesses. I mean, I'm sure straight away it already has. I'm I'm seeing billboards. I'm seeing photos now all the time, which I'm like, that's not that's not a photo. That's a that's a rendering, and it's just an easy way. And you know, skip Getty images. You can have guy standing on a mountain taking a photo that used to cost someone you know, a few thousand dollars for their insurance commercial online. Now it's free. I mean, maybe these rules will change as, as things evolve um, and the markets shift, but um, how are you guys thinking of using it? Oh, Actually, like for us personally, I think with our yeah. stuff, like you, like you want to re remix your old work and see if you went in a different direction, what would that look like? For us, it'd yeah. be similar to that, like, post through all our stuff with that we've done before and match mm. match our style. And then we we use it more as like a seed or a tool like you do, like as an inspiration, yeah. like with you for decks, you know all the information to set that up, but it's like I, it'd take me 10 hours of thinking time to get that out or I could just punch that in and it, I prompt it well. Because prompt, we, because we yeah. release so much content, we do four pods a week. Locke does a lot of the copywriting and it gets like yeah, problems yeah. of, hey, new pod out, this is what it's about. So he does it the same way. It might, hey, give me three different ways I might be able to intro this. And then you're like, I like oh. a little bit of this one, a little bit of this one, and then I'll he'll blend and write his own. But again, the same is like cutting out that thinking time where yeah. you're still thinking because you're asking it to think for you. But it's like, give me a list of twenty, mm. give me twenty more. You know, like it's like, fuck, well, I wouldn't have been that, to think of forty. So you can use Chat GTP for that, right? Yeah, is that yeah. what you would yeah. use it for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's just so useful. So you're building decks. Skateboard like, decks? In like, like if I was doing like PowerPoints or if we were doing things like oh decks like that, written right, stuff, yeah. written stuff that we're having to give to people or potential people that we're working with that needed to be like yeah, information yeah. on there. It's like how do we condense what we're thinking about 
and then, communicate it really clearly. And like that chat GPT is the written stuff, but like mid journey is all the things it's like. And giving you an insight into shit that you wouldn't have like a clue. I remember my first thing that I heard about it was like someone had the example of uh, I, I'm a regular Tesla engineer. Tell us what uh, a regular meeting would look like at this time. If I'm behind on my work, give me some main points on what I would need to cover. And it could give you a list of like, oh, I can get a real insight into what engineers do in their meetings at Tesla. You know, I was that's like, weird, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like it can give you crazy insight if you think about it. And I feel like, I don't know, there's a lot of people in our world sort of gravitating towards that now, but I just. The, a bit like the same as you. Yeah. Like, as long as you don't, we're not pushing the out, like the output or the end outcome is not that. It doesn't look yeah. that shiny, fake and whatever. It's like, how do we yes. use the tools available? Pick, still make something that's funny business-esque at the end, yeah, but it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not a computer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge. And it sounds like you guys are yeah, using it the right way. So you're using it more for written rather than visual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Unless you need a new logo or something, you're not going to be messing around with the mid-journey yet i don't reckon yeah. no, I'm thinking of like new brands yeah. and stuff we're like yeah, hey yeah. if we were to create characters and stuff how would we make how would we get that to look so we get like a yeah. visual sort of identity around like our ideas so we used mid-journey for that yeah that's true yeah yeah, yeah. but something i um like- I, I mean it's happening in the music side of it's fascinating too i'm trying to track that and keep up to speed but yesterday um i was talking to my sister about it showing her some stuff that i was messing with and she's like oh yeah at work yesterday we had on this um soul music stream on youtube that's just soul music uh ai it just runs forever it's it's permanent and it's just an ai that's just playing soul music that's sampled from all soul music and it's just these songs that just go along it's so it's impossible to explain what this music sounds like it's so weird and uh, it it it's sort of right and then wrong and a little bit of glitch and then it's back and um but Again, I was like, oh, there it is. It just pops up over there. And someone else in Melbourne's having a completely similar experience, but with that. And it's just funny how this stuff just slowly pokes into our lives, doesn't it? So we didn't get like maybe like a new normal. You know, like people just, yeah. like we say, like, I don't put yeah. that right genre of radio on and it's just all new stuff that you've never fucking heard before that's just yeah. made up the in be- the other. The other th- yeah, the Beatles stuff is fascinating. There's people who are um, deconstructing. Paul McCartney's catalogue from the last 10 years, there's programs now that you can actually put on the song and you'll remove, without having the stems, you can actually remove the parts out of the song and separate them. And then they're redoing his old man vocals from his mid-70s, which is still okay, but definitely not, not, not as good as his pristine, you know, Paul McCartney, peak Paul McCartney, 32 one of the greatest singers of all time. They're getting samples of him at 32, re-recording his songs with his young voice and then re-loading this track and remixing it and putting it up. That's <laughs> like, wild, isn't it? And I heard one, it was like brought tears to my eyes. It just sounds so fantastic. Um, and so, it's. I mean, there's just so many interesting ways it's being used and I'm sure there's going to be a tide of lawsuits and tightens up and they're they're probably writing the rules as we speak about how all this stuff is going to work but at the moment we're in that kind of lawless stage where the the technology is just dumped and everyone's like oh here you go guys go 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 do something with that and then we're all scrambling and um so now i'm i'm it's such an interesting thing to watch um and the other one was podcasts 
I was wondering if you could eventually load your last hundred podcasts and and then just uh, have a, have have an endless stream of you guys just chatting. Um, I think we'll be able some to do sort that. Of abstract, reckon. you reckon? And sort of, I think it is sort of train it on a subject. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like because you can do the voice people you can plug in enough thing like they can learn from your voice so if we plugged in yeah. a script of whatever there's enough now yeah. that you if we could yeah. figure out what it was you could have an endless stream if you want to listen to funny business <laughs> you can listen to us 24 <laughs> 7 we don't sleep but then people will be coming up to us and going hey, yeah. I remember when you were talking about that and we were like what the fuck are you talking about yeah, you just, know <laughs> just not an agree <laughs> But you could just splice all your interviews together. So it's sort of a nonsensical, just rambling on through topics. And it'd be quite good just to sleep for people that like a podcast on when they when they go to sleep with just, just gentle chatter. Um, so, yeah, man, it's all coming. It's all coming. And, um, look, I'm here for it. I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm not a little concerned with, with all things, but um, I don't know, mate. What can you do? No that's not what gonna we, go we away life's so, crazy you know like yeah. I, we, when we grew up we didn't have colored phones yet you know like we yeah. would be like lock and i we always talk about being on the generation of we knew what it was like to play outside because we had dial up mm. internet or whatever versus <laughs> kids now who just it's like my young daughter who's 18 months old i just think her life's gonna be so different she's got screen time absolutely everywhere and like we sort of work in the tech space and it's like you see a lot of people as like going against moving them towards it, it's like well that's their life that they're going to have to be in there they have to learn what we're trying to do is like how do we we live lucky that we live coastal and in around nature so you have yeah to we're like, the nature boys we love it's it it's like we're trying no, to make sure that she connects to what reality is but again yeah. like their reality is technology is here ai is coming through it's going to be fucking way different to what it was for us but that for me is like so hard to comprehend because it feels like it's happened so quickly Absolutely. And without us asking for it, which this is the broader question of tech in general, I just find it so interesting how there's like 200 people in offices around the world, mainly in San Francisco, who are just spend their life grinding to make new tech that no one has asked for. Like we were perfectly fine. I mean, if you just press pause on all technical innovation in 2015 and said, that's it for a hundred years, everyone would have gone, sweet. No worries. We're good. Got the phone, got the thing, got the Wi-Fi. But we can't. I don't need to visit stop. Uranus. I don't need yeah. to visit Mars. <laughs> you know, it's all good. I can just, we can, for the next 150 years, we can chill. Huh? Like yeah, like, isn't that true, though? Like, this is, we don't need for anything, but there's just, we are at the whim of this very tiny group of people, mad geniuses, who, who just are pushing us into this, realm and we do, we're all just following behind but it, it's just that thing of i guess it's the same as like the inventors of the 19th century 19th century they're always just a, a very small crew of geniuses who just sit in like the you know edison sits in the room for a thousand hours and comes out comes out with the light bulb you know his family's a train wreck he has no friends but that's what he's come out with it's probably similar for the people who worked on ai and who are pushing it to wherever it's going um, but it's yeah, we all inputs, just try. Yeah, the same as with your work. Like you walk around mm. and you get inspiration from what's going on there. But with tech, like we we've had a few people in the pod and they talk about like how much information, how much stuff that you have to consume every day. It's like avoid this, avoid the noise. Like how do you stay? How do you stay focused and stay creative? I was thinking about that today. I, I struggle. I don't know, man. I 
finding it really hard and um i i feel often completely overloaded with it all um i feel like my brain goes to scrambled eggs sometimes when i when i'm not folk if i have a poor night's sleep i'm more susceptible to this where i'll just be like distracted youtube instagram that google mid journey that read it like that happens to me a lot and especially because i'm self-employed and i have to you know it's, it's i have to self-regulate um and i don't take any drugs to help with that stuff attention stuff or um you know in general and maybe i should maybe i would be on some sort of spectrum in that sense i'm not too sure but i've managed to not in my life so i guess i'm just going to go along with it but if, if it ever got more severe i probably would look into it but as to how you regulate it i just think some people are better at it than others naturally um like with social media probably one in five i would guess about 20 percent of people have a problem and don't know how to use it in a healthy way um it's like drinking probably one in five people shouldn't be drinking but do um and we all just try and figure it out um i you know in terms of the future of what i do there's some sometimes when i look at all this and where it's all heading i think maybe it would be more appealing to like go back the other way and just start painting or do something that's very simple paint paint paintbrush canvas fleetwood mac on the radio phone off like that does appeal to me on some level live on the coast go get out of the rat race and tr try and do, do a different model just depends on how i feel but i do feel like um as interesting and fascinating the tech space is and mid-journey and ai and the limitlessness of it all um i think i'll probably end up getting worn out with it um or need a break you know or have to like do something else for five years come back to it or whatever whatever that is um i do i do but i'm going to embrace it i think it'll be a part of evolving for me um like like i did have that strong push into photography and then i had a break and then i came back maybe that'll be something that happens again in my life like i i go off and explore a different medium um but yeah in terms of how to manage all this stuff mate i don't know your guess is as good as me i guess you just need like you've got a family and a child and that gives i'm sure that gives you a lot of structure um in in a good way um for sure i didn't have i was someone because like, being a bit the same self-employed you yeah. got to do your own thing and there's lots of stuff yeah, that you yeah. can do and like now How I feel far like ahead do you look? Well, yeah. I like because yeah. Matilda is my daughter and she like she has a good routine and, and my wife is like just whipped her into shape into like having a routine. I'm like, fuck, I like this routine a little bit too. You know, like they both yeah. get fed in the morning, they sit in the high chairs. <laughs> it's funny. They do the he airplane, the, the airplane in both yeah. your mouth, doesn't it? <laughs> It is true, That's like right. but again, like this info stuff and like how much stuff and we find it the same because we do pods where our job is meant to be like staying up to date with people in our community and like engaging and seeing what's going on. And like I feel like it's always like energy out a little bit to that sort of stuff. And it's like, how do you get one of the things we ask all our guests is like, what do you do to get energy back in your life when you're feeling like you need to? I I go for a jog. I've got this um walk. We call it a hike over here um, for reasons I'm not sure, but there's a nice canyon walk hike up in the hills of Griffith Park, which I live right near. That's the sort of run of mountains that the Hollywood sign's on, sort of 
goes all the way through LA and up north and it sort of peters out down near the suburb that I'm at. Um, so there's a, that's been a great resource for me for rebooting. And as the phone and being online has gotten more and more, it's the, the walk and the value of being offline for those two hours has got, has gotten more and more. So I find that incredibly useful um, resource. And I used to surf, just sort of fallen out with it. It's just such a uh, hustle over here, getting to the beach and traffic and the crowds. And it's just not what I think of when I think relax, tune out. And I think of surfing, I just think, more of a headache, more of a battle, and um, I know if I lived on the coast or somewhere out of the out of the way a bit, I probably would fall back in love with that and do it more. Um, but at the moment, the hiking and the walking and just fitness in general, looking after myself, is is the way that I stay sane, stay balanced, um, and like going on trips, I guess helps, like breaking things up. Me and my wife travel a bit and. Um, Going back home is always good. Um, yeah, but it's a process and, you know, I I guess I've benefited from enjoying doing that rather than it having to be a chore, like fitness and running. Like I swimming laps I do here as well. That stuff I have to do. Um, I've always done it. It's never been like I have to force myself to do that. Um, so I think that's one lucky thing that I've, I've had naturally um, – it's just like if I don't burn the burn the fuel in the tank every day, I, I can't sleep. It's that simple. So you learn over the years that um, you do it and it helps. Um, but, yeah, I'm still still looking at things. It was, I feel like there was a really big push to meditation about five years ago. Did you notice that? Like the yeah. apps and, and it was becoming a really quite a mainstream thing. I think it's sort of cooled off now. It sort of peaked. Uh, I didn't. I tried it a couple of times and it didn't stick with me. But I have friends who swear by it. Um, t- what's it? T- TM, right? Is that TM? Is Transcendental that meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that yeah. Was the one. yeah. yeah um, I remember so uh, that- working working at the bar actually, and I actually had the yeah. calm app because I was just like, I was having mm. one of them nights where everyone was just pissing me off, and I had to go yeah. downstairs and sit outside. And I'm like, I need to do something to just diffuse this <laughs> anger, like. Why am I so angry? And I put this thing on, and it's like yeah. I just needed to snap me out of that. And you're right, like meditation. Did helped. it work? Yeah, it did for me in that moment. But for me, meditation is a walk every day, listening to new tunes, and like you were saying, yeah. the landscape, dreamscapes, like looking at the ocean and just yeah. soaking it all in and thinking about my life. You know, that's what I think is like yeah. meditation for me. You know, it's all about like yeah. you know the thoughts and all that sort of shit. But for me, it's like actually figuring out my life where I want to take it thinking positively around like next steps and shit. So that's yeah. for me, that's what I do. For you is a bit different, isn't it? I, mine's sort of like active meditation type stuff. I couldn't sit still and have the legs crossed and, you know, like I, I wouldn't be able to do that. The crystal still yeah. go up your bum though, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm going to say that out. Just- yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just cut into that one out. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Like that. I've heard about that. What does that work? I don't don't really meditate. I tried a couple of times. Can't do it. Yeah. No, I'm just. You got surf though? It's good surf down there, right? Yeah, I I surf. I think like that's my, like being away from the phone and being out in the water, no one can talk to you and contact you. I feel like that for me and having that time just with myself to have the same thing. It's the same. Everyone has to find finding time to think. That's all it really is, isn't it? Space to think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I find um, when I go on these walks, I often, like, if you go up and you know, I've been in here all day and it's like there's just a lot of loose ends and things that I've been looking at and I'll find often in that two-hour walk I'll lay a few things out in my head and, and see the pathway of, of it's like I'll have these ideas of like, oh, okay, yeah, I should do that, that map to resolve that, 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 and then it'll happen on that walk off the phone. Um, and that's been um, something I've noticed, which I try to actually u actively use. If, if I'm feeling a bit scattered, I find it really helps to help a, a clear path. But, um, but yeah, I was going to say on the AI stuff, you know, one thing that I've noticed the more I've looked at it and, and seen it in the more of the visual realm, and you talk about dreamscapes, and I've talked about dreamscapes kind of work does go down that path, but there is a sort of very um, dreamy feel about the stuff that it produces in some in some realms. And when I say that is, you know how, and I think that I think there might be some sort of link between how the, the human subconscious dream works and AI. In that, you know how you often you render things in your dreams that are kind of kind of close but off. Like yep. you're at the pub on the street, but the street's actually in a different city and there's a beach there, but there's a mountain. It's like there is this wild configuration of things that happen and it's almost like your brain is operating like an AI. And that when I sort of saw that, because I see it in the images that I'm looking at sometimes, I'm like, wow, that's something I would definitely see in my dreams and that connection blows me away even more about how this thing's working, um, how it does, in that sense, have some sort of humanistic element to it in that it's... Um, That's crazy you say that, bro. My, yeah. The last big dream I remember having like yeah. that was jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge into a sea of crabs with the Waynes brothers. And I was <laughs> yes. like, how fucking odd is that? You know, and I'm like, I, I tried to, in my head, like, just get paint that picture now. With who's right? The, the, Wayne. the Waynes brothers. You know, <laughs> Who the? So that was yeah. That's 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 perfect. Your brain's spinning around. You've eaten a crab a month ago that you remember. You love the Golden Gate Bridge. You'd heard about the Wayne brothers. Your brain's like, how can I? Yeah. You know, put it in the centrifuge and come out with this thing. It's fantastic. I love those dreams, and I, I feel like my capacity to remember my dreams is diminished. It's hard, at, the, bro. at the clarity of my dreams that I, I used to remember them and absolutely love them. I have no interest. I, I've not had any interest in really trying to find a deeper meaning to them, but I just love th th that they exist. You, yeah, you definitely. Often? Do you like good mm. and bad? Are they always like, are they indifferent? Like I'm someone who gets at times I get like night terrors and they freak me out. They're mm. like, yeah. I don't always remember my good ones, but like, my, no, yeah. Sometimes I get some fucked up ones that are so vivid it feels like my life's fucked. You know what I mean? I'm going to wake up or I'm going to die. <laughs> so something just deeply dreadful is happening. Is that what we're talking about? Night oh, terrors? Yeah. Creepy as ones. Like one time I remember like I woke up. It was like felt like I woke up and my dream I was in the exact, in my bedroom, exactly everything yeah. the same way it was. And there was like this black figure standing over the, the, where I have my TV in front of my room. But it was like the exact yeah. same setting. And next thing you know, 
I just had this like, you know, like scary movies. It's like that really loud noise that pops. You woke up and pissed your pants. Nah, (laughs) and this this black thing had come across my bed and it's like right in front of my face. And because all my room's the same, I didn't know if I was asleep or awake or whatever, but it was just Mm. like this frightening thing that just freaked me. And like, but I can still, I can still feel like it's happening like now. And that was years ago, but I still talk about how vivid things are. Like I can (laughs) freak him out and feel it now. Yeah, let it go, mate. Let it go. <laughs> it's all good. Life's yeah. good. Yeah. Are you safe? You're inside. <laughs> yeah. No, my my dreams are a bit like you know the Goldgate Bridge, the crabs, that kind of vibe. Just wacky surreal, wacky surrealism. Um, but um, no, interesting, interesting to draw those lines between things and um, and see. Yeah, but so it's funny because we're just right in the beginning of it too. So. You'd think the way we're talking and looking at it, we're like a few years in and there would have been some clunky early stuff, but it's like we've jumped straight to really useful, seamless, amazing. And that's what makes me think, where is this thing just going to like, has it jumped out of the gate really fast and it's just going to sort of, you know, splutter here for a while or is it going to keep making big leaps? But, um, yeah, we just sit back and watch, don't we? Sit back and watch. So, So what is next for you? Speaking of the future, what, what's planned for the rest of the year? What we're halfway uh, through, yeah. What are we, June? Yeah, I've got a show in Sydney in February that I'm working towards. And so I'm here at the studio, just mountains of negatives and pictures and things that I'm sifting through to try and um, come up with some more work. And uh, what else am I doing? I've got a book. My book um, is coming out later in the year. Um, in French, I've got a French edition, so I think I'm going to go over there and do that, like try and like cobble together some French. I've got six months, oh, not even, four months, and then I'm going to go over there probably with my wife and do a week there and launch the book and, and go to France. So That's, that's sick, bro. Just throw the translator in the ear, the, in, you know, the real, yeah, real, real-time real fucking translator, bang. Do you think they'd like that? Probably not, but French? probably not. But <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous to go there. I'm like, God, I haven't been. I haven't been to Europe for so long. I'm kind of nervous with the whole not speaking the language thing. I know it'll be fine and everything, but I used to go to Europe and non-English speaking countries more before I moved here. And ever since I moved here, I just have stopped doing that as much. Intrepid traveling to random places just for the sake of it. Um, so that's. That's coming up, um, and um, maybe a trip to back back to Oz later in the year, depending on how things go. See what happens. How good is that? So, so you waking up, you look at, you're taking more photos. Are you just like, how do you structure up your week? Are you just like, uh, whenever you feel like it, or you feel the inspiration, I'll go shoot, and then I'll sift through some edits, and then like, how do how do you decide what makes the chop? Yeah, how do you go the, through the it all? shooting has happened. Been shooting so much for, for a few years now that I have enough work to work with that if I, I don't need to shoot new stuff here in LA so much, if I'm traveling in a different part of the world, then I'll definitely take the camera and, um, and be working. But, um, I've got enough work where I can kind of look through old stuff at this point. Well, when I say old up until like a year ago to five years ago that, and go through and see, so I'm not shooting. I'm just sort of looking at stuff right now. Um, it's like I'm hovering over the field at like 20 feet field of images. And I'm just trying to see, find connect points of connection. And, um, 
trying to find an overarching theme and just doing all that stuff at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, it's a bit like just showing up to work, clocking in. I try to get here at nine and just do three hours. I'm also like a sport addict, so I, I listen to a lot of sport podcasts in the NBA. It's like I waste a lot of time um, doing that. And the NBA, is, my team's just been bounced, so now I can, I'll reclaim a chunk of time in my day. Um, but the media yeah, and the Lakers sport. Fan? Does that mean you're a Lakers fan and with LeBron and Darvin Ham? What's his name? Darvin Ham. Yep, Darvin Hamon. Yep, I'm yep. a big Lebronski fan, and I followed him from the Cavs. And um, the media infrastructure around sport over here, I feel like, is like. It's, it's as entertaining as the sport. So that's what I've noticed, that I look forward to the my favourite podcaster's comments on the game as the game itself. You guys relate to that? Has that happened in Australia yet? That there's... I do, yeah. I, I'm a massive AFL footy nuffy, so I'll yeah, watch yeah. nearly all the shows on everything. What I'll hear about what everyone rattle thinks off, about. Rattle off what you watch. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, footy, footy the Sunday footy show, uh, 360 every now and then on the couch. I like SEN, so all the radio stations that put it on YouTube, I'll listen to K. So you're an addict like me. This sounds very familiar, right? So yeah, you just, just love it. There love can't it, be enough dissection and discussion and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love to go deep on that shit, bro, because it just it, it takes my mind off the other stuff, but I'm also yeah, yeah. doing something that I'm actually interested in because on the weekends I just like tuning out and watching sport, you know what I mean? Just like watching. So do you watch game every game? Do you watch all the all the games? With yeah, most of them. Interest? Yeah, most so of that's them. A, that's a diehard, yeah. But you've got your team, right? Yeah, but I'm not like fully like, I love Brisbane, but I'm not like an, a nuffy. You, come on. I laugh because he's just, a perfect day is when they line them up back to back to back to back. Super he's Saturday, like, baby. I'm watching all day today. <laughs> that's I'm like so- you with surfing though. You like having the surfing in the NBA on? Yeah, I don't yeah. mind having things on in the background. Yeah. I feel like it's But like, didn't you play footy? Yeah. So back, yeah, back in the day, That's back interesting, in twenty, because you're not the, you don't watch as much, and and you were the pro. Yeah. yeah no, my, I feel like my love for footy, I had a weird experience, you know, like I was straight out of school, eighteen, end up two years on Richmond Footy Club's lists, and then just a week before I turned twenty, I didn't get another contract, and I fell out of the system, didn't get, uh, try to get back in, but by that point, I was sort of like had a really bad my shitty experience that I didn't and I fell out of love with what it was and yeah now yeah. I feel like I had a bad injury maybe like 2015 it was I haven't I don't play any sport anymore and it was like a weird moment of hey footy for me and Rob the athlete Rob the sports player is is very much feels like a lifetime ago and I feel like I had Absolutely. to really work to recreate myself in a different field and and, and, and rediscover and- the joy of it. But yeah, because it's like me with music. When you get very deep into the nuts and bolts of the career, it can change it, changes the way you see it. Absolutely. So I relate I still to like that. I watching actually. it now. It took me a while yeah. to like it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't yeah, get a like game it. for like seven years. I didn't watch anything yeah. or do anything for like seven years in watching it. Until like right. close friends started playing and then you're like, I'll go again. Yeah, I'll go yeah. watch them because they're playing. But again, I was yeah. just like, well, I don't really... What's in it there? Like it was very different. Like, it's hard to watch something yeah. when I felt like I should have been playing. It was a weird, and that was yeah. a, weird, a weird thing. Were you ever tempted just to start watching rugby league? No, I don't mind a bit of rugby <laughs> every now and again. It's good. I like. I used to be a member of the Melbourne Storm, bro. I used to love it. You look like you could play rugby sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you got big arm, <laughs> halfback, baby. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you got the rugby league? 
I grew up watching it. Yeah, I do. Um, I haven't. It's the time zone is so bad here that it, it's it's impossible to follow and watch live. So that has dented my um, yeah, just following and everything. Plus, my team is just having a terrible, terrible uh, decade. So um, Balmain Tigers are. Um, if there was relegation, they'd be relegated. That sort of level. Um, but there's no relegation, so you just stay at the bottom forever. If you, <laughs> it's hard to watch isn't uh, it when when your yeah. team's not winning, you know, and then you yeah. just don't really, you're not really that into it because you're just like, I just want a couple of our players to play all right. You, you know? want to support them, but yeah. you're like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the other thing was our team merged with the team across town 15 years ago. So that's never. Uh, I'm just too old, probably when it happened, that it's never quite properly landed you know you imagine that you know St Kilda merged with Essendon I mean yeah. can you imagine the fans yeah. trying to deal with that mentally um oh, so yeah. still when you go to um games of these two teams these rugby league teams like the fans of the team one will wear the old jerseys and the fans of the other team will wear the other so it's like two separate fan bases who have just accepted this marriage um this is 15 years on, still goes on. So I'll say, I'll go to the game and go, go Balmain, and the other bloke will be going, go West. So we're actually watching two separate teams. Um, but, you know, no, they, they did win a premiership a while ago, and that was fun and blah, blah, blah. But, no, I've lost touch. And whenever I go home, I'll, I'll tune in and get back into it a bit. But I have been um, seduced a bit by the U.S. sport industry, the beast that it is. Um, just, just the basketball or what other like you like the NFL too 40, yeah the NFL I, I watch a bit um, it's just you know the presentation of the sport it's spectacular the the way they present the product you know what I mean is it's like a video game now and um, so it's easy to get into but yeah if I did move back I'm sure I'd be back on the bandwagon um, go to the odd Swannies game as well what about what about the wrestling? Do you like the wrestling, WWE? That's the pretend sport, that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The soap, the soap yeah, opera I, for I've the never, blokes, pretty um, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of watched it as a kid. I remember being enamoured with Hulk. You know, you can't not like Hulk Hogan, I mean. So I was into it briefly then, but as soon as I got older, I was I, I just, the, the scripted nature of it, I couldn't um, get past it. I couldn't just go with the flow and treat it like a soap opera, which is what you got to do, right? You've just got to go there and just hey, go with it. Be careful. You might need a long – we might need another hour on the top. It's like lock, lock into wrestling. You've got to understand the business behind wrestling and the entertainment. There we and, go. Uh, like... I can see the eyes starting to flicker. <laughs> <laughs> What's he saying? Huh? He's, not He's just going to say, if you ever come to Melbourne, we'll take you to a wrestling show. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be chopping up WWE, I'll be honest. <laughs> always a sneaky fan around i try and sneak it into everything don't i well george thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us today it's been yeah, unreal to pick your brain and it's so great to meet you likewise great to chat guys and um see you when i'm down that part of the world hey georgie porgy putting it pie <laughs> kissed the girls and made them cry <laughs> hey, everything about him is just slick in it he's just one cool unit i just wish he was i had some of that talent you know, like yeah. seeing that, like his his work's amazing, isn't it? It's good. And you were saying when we were looking on the website before, you were like, imagine all this artwork in your house. It'd just be buzzing. Wouldn't yeah, it? wouldn't it? 
It looks good, honestly. If you haven't checked out his work yet, you listen to the pod, you love the chat. Uh, the link's in the description. Go click on his website and have a look at the books, the artwork, I, just his thoughts. And I reckon maybe then after that, go and walk around your house and just think where you'd want to put one of those pieces <laughs> yeah. and then go buy one. <laughs> <laughs> They're good though, aren't they? Honestly, we, we delve deep and this is one of them chats on why we do the podcast. I know we say that a, a bit, but like honestly, it was a really, really good chat and I loved it. 